today. I originally had plans to discuss a sweet book that I just finished on the Silk Road and my new fascination with Megan the Stallion, but that will be reserved for a future episode. Today we are instead going to talk about the execution of George Floyd that happened on Memorial Day. We're going to talk about the rebellion that ensued, just a short little summary. We're going to talk about why it's absolutely fucking stupid for you to trust the Boogaloo people, and why they should have no part in this rebellion. And then we're going to finish it off talking about some good security practices for you to share with your friends and family when thinking about going and participating in the resistance. Let's start the goddamn show. discussing the general events that led up to the rebellion that happened in Minneapolis. Some pigs were called out on Memorial Day, I believe it was around 8 p.m., to an alleged forgery in progress. Someone was paying with counterfeit money. And it was noted that the suspect was sitting on a car and was visibly intoxicated. That suspect being George Floyd, after he was, you know, mind you, these are, this is synthesizing a bunch of different reports uh, from news articles and people that were on the ground during the time and watching the video. The video, of course, is only taking footage of the pig murdering George Floyd, so we don't have any footage leading up to that. Of course, that's going to be used against George Floyd and his supporters. The reports say he resisted arrest, and that's when they pinned him down. There's three officers that pinned down George Floyd. Two were being blocked by the SUV in the one video that went viral, but there are pictures floating around the internet now that show the two other pigs pressing down on George Floyd. But the obvious, the main attraction is uh, Officer Derek Chauvin, who is now on paid leave, with his partner, who was also present in that viral video. The officer was pressing his knee down on George Floyd's neck. Clearly, George Floyd was in visible and audible distress. He kept saying, I can't breathe. At one point, he said, my stomach hurts, my neck hurts, everything hurts. Of course, the pig didn't listen to his cries for help literal crying. 
uh, I Can't Breathe, obviously, rings a familiar, unfortunate note in the history of white supremacist pigs killing black men. The officer had his knee pressed into the back of his neck for over eight minutes until the EMTs arrived, and while being put onto the stretcher, his head was limp. He had still been handcuffed with his hands behind his back, even though he was clearly limp and unconscious. And George Floyd was announced dead in the ambulance shortly after he was executed by Officer Derek Chauvin. Who, once again, I would like to emphasize that Officer Derek Chauvin and his partner are on paid leave. Because when you kill black people in the United States, the state rewards you with a vacation. Obviously, the people in Hennepin County popped the fuck off. This happened on Memorial Day, the execution of George Floyd. The day after, which is, I don't know time, that is the 26th of May, going into early, early in the morning of the 27th of May, we saw a rebellion of large proportions. You can go online and you can see all of the footage that was captured during this rebellion. Obviously, it was a spontaneous resistance. You had people of all types of backgrounds participating in demanding justice and accountability for the uh, Minneapolis Police Department. Obviously, that'll never be enough. Real justice would be putting George Floyd and the other officers in the middle of the city and executing them point blank. But there's this thing called due process, I guess. And, of course, we all know that pigs rarely are held accountable for doing their job, which is protecting private property of the state and killing black people and people of color. Videos are, I mean, people pop the fuck off. You see, there was one wonderful video where a bunch of people took out Pig Cruiser. There was also one time where they broke into a lot that had a shit ton of Pig Cruisers and they were busting out windows and doing their thing. It was wonderful. Insurrection gets the goods. So this was a, you know, liberals and other people are going to go on the whole, we need to have a mediation process and stuff like that, but that's just coded language for trying to talk shit and suppress violent resistance. Every time these college students or these fucking figureheads in the faith-based community propose some Gandhi shit, it's totally dismissive of the response and the tone of the community that is clearly living under siege by these white supremacist fucking pigs. They should be allowed to respond however they decide, and we have no business telling them how they ought to respond, especially white people. We have no business telling black people how they should process the trauma of being lynched by pigs that believe that they're the judge, jury, and executioner, and historically getting away with it. 
we always seem to forget that the modern police state is a combination of modernized militarization and the old school slave patrols that we sanctioned to protect the private property. And of course, what did we consider private property? Slaves. Because we, and arguably still do continue to do, we consider black people to be less than. They're not full humans. Therefore, they are property. So it's just absolutely, you know, of course, the first thing that you're going to see in most of these cases where pigs execute young black people, you have all these fucking bootlickers come out on their favorite platform, Twitter and Facebook, where they can hide behind a keyboard and they start to say that, you know, violence can't be met with violence and so on and so forth. Policing the tone, you know, if they want to show up and put little fucking white flowers in the pig's gear, you know, that's being used to shoot buckshot and marking rounds and so on and so forth, be my guest. Have a good time fighting that fight. Uh, your shit's dated. And yes, there's an importance for diversity of tactics in the mobilization for justice and accountability. There's no doubt about that. We see the benefits of nonviolent and passive resistance throughout history. I'm not saying that there's no place for that. But what I am saying is that the people who think that is the only tactic, the magic bullet, for combating this historical system of white supremacist class-based violence in the United States, it's absolutely fucking absurd. Read a book. Listen to people in the community that have faced these injustices for generations since their ancestors were stolen off the coast of Africa by my ancestors and your ancestors. You know, we always talk shit about rioting and looting. You know, one of the the stores that was partially looted was a liquor store, and that was really the site of a lot of contention and bad energy last night, uh, the late in the night of the 26th, where a lot of shit was popping off. You know, rounds were being fired by pigs, people were throwing rocks and shooting fireworks back at them, good stuff. You know, no one was furbishing any guns or anything like that. So there was no escalation of force on behalf of those in the rebellion. The escalation of force was behind, uh, on behalf of the pigs. But, you know, so what? A fucking liquor store gets a little looted. Maybe some windows get busted out. Is that justification to suppress a movement that is seeking to challenge these norms and systems that we've been raised to believe are the right way of going about things and the right way of governing and policing the community? Absolutely fucking not. SWAT was very quick. You know, they were all running around with a, their head cut off. Listening to the radio scanners was hilarious because all of them are, 
you know, by the end of the night, they all sound like they ran a marathon because they were just absolutely exhausted. You know, the pigs were. You know, they were calling in reinforcements from other precincts. I think the, you know, it was mainly the third precinct that was deploying all of their forces, but they pretty sure they were calling for backup from the first precinct, uh, you know, because they were completely overwhelmed by this spontaneous rebellion. And, you know, first things first, you know, they're going to go and protect private property. So they had a SWAT team rush into the liquor store, arrest, I think, five people, uh, beat the shit out of one of the people. I mean, there's a, another video that was captured where they completely go in on one person. It was the first individual that was pulled out of the liquor store when the SWAT team rolled into the liquor store. When they were screaming, you know, there was a couple pigs screaming at the door, like, who the fuck else is in there? While three other pigs were beating the shit out of one of the protesters. And, of course, the minute people are saying, get off of them, don't kill them, don't kill them, some other pig gets high and mighty in his fucking SWAT gear, looking like he just dropped off a helicopter in Baghdad, uh, and points his gun at the protesters. You know, where, once again, they were shooting marking rounds, uh, which are essentially really mean, aggressive paintballs, and it's their effort to mark people who are protesting and allegedly throwing projectiles like rocks and fireworks and so on and so forth, maybe even throwing back all the tear gas that they were shooting at, at people and flashbangs that they were shooting at people. Uh, they were also shoo shooting what we think are rubber bullets, they are big motherfuckers. They are like the width of those big-ass glue sticks, uh, but hurt a lot. And if they hit the right place, you're fucked. You are going to die. There are plenty of bad, bad spots that if you get shot in one of those spots with a rubber bullet, you're gonna die. There was a video of one woman being shot point-blank in the fucking head with a rubber bullet after a flashbang went off. You know, so they were... This was rough. This was a very fundamental moment for 2020 and in the movement against state-sanctioned police violence. We very much need to keep eyes on the ground right now because shit's only just gonna get worse. You know, when I finally got off the radio around 3 o'clock in the morning this morning, when stuff was kind of dying down and we got word from people on the ground that people were finally kind of leaving and dipping out, all I can think about is, man, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow morning. It's all I can think about. And I think it should be very much on the forefront of everybody's conscious right now. Uh, you know, all you thoughts and prayers, people, go ahead send that energy to, you know, not just the people that are rebelling, but also George Floyd and his family. Just another example how being black in the United States is a death sentence. And as long as the police exist and the state exists, it will always be a death sentence. Another thing really important to note about this rebellion that happened in response to the execution of George Floyd is the presence of 
boogaloo assholes. And if anybody listening doesn't know what that means, uh, God bless you, because it is the equivalent of having bamboo shoots shoved up your fingernails very slowly in a cage next to John McCain. They are these assholes online that wear Hawaiian shirts over thousands of dollars of LARPing gear, you know, plate carriers and fatigues and so on and so forth. Everything that you get from, like, a really, really nice surplus store. And they all operate online, as most of these people do. I mean, most everyone does. We can't. It's not like the fucking, you know, early 20th century in Russia where everyone's getting their information from a weird Ruski in a news... or with a bunch of newspapers teaching you how to read. It's not like that anymore. We all organize on social media. So do the Boogaloo people. And they pretty openly organize on Facebook. A lot of screen grabs were showing folks on Facebook with, you know, their pictures and names. I mean, they could be fake pictures and fake names, but still, you know, talking about what's happening on the ground. And the minute the Boog people started seeing that the spontaneous rebellion was happening in response to the execution of George Floyd, they all co-opted that shit. And they immediately said, because mind you, the Boogaloo people fucking hate cops. They yearn for the chance to shoot police. They hate them. They think that the police is, you know, a threat against their liberty. But the big thing to note is that most of these people are vehement fucking racists. And are going to be the first ones, when the Boogaloo hits... To fucking murder you if you have any sort of leftist leanings. Now, when they were talking about it on Facebook that we, you know, as the Boogaloo people need to send in our people to the ground to support the people in this resistance, they claim specifically this is not about race. The minute that someone says this is not about race, you should probably have some little brain cell go off up in the noggin that says to you, oh, this is clearly about race. Sounding like fucking Lana Del Rey. That was a big red flag. Boogaloo people were at the Second Amendment rally that happened a few months ago here in old Richmond, Virginia. And you can see them in their dumb fucking shirts. And uh, some of them even had, you know, patches attached to their play carriers that it was like, clearly, okay, you have, they have a flag, it's like a black and white flag, and it's got an igloo on it. It's just a bunch of fucking imagery clustered together, because all of it's absurd and none of it makes sense. I'm sure they have a reasoning behind it. I don't know. I don't really care to know the reasoning behind it, but... You know, these people were at the 2A rally, and when they were all talking amongst themselves on public, you know, social media accounts, they were all itching for a fight. These people were locked and loaded and ready to fucking go off. These people want to start the race war. 
These people are absolutely ridiculous and unhinged. It's a joke that has gone too far. Of course I'll tell you otherwise. Because once again, they're going to continue to espouse this belief that they want to be a part of this resistance and work alongside leftists and other organizers against the state because they hate the state too. As soon as I saw this, a bunch of dumb fucking leftists on Twitter started to say, oh, well, I mean, you know, so be it. If they're going to be on our side, maybe that's a good thing. No, shut the fuck up. Listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. The whole concept that the enemy of my enemy is my friend is fucking dumb, especially in a case where we are dealing with another state-sanctioned execution of an unarmed black man and a bunch of fucking anti-black racist dickheads trying to co-opt that because they are opportunists. So if I see, and if you see, any leftists that are trying to argue for the operational or logistical legitimacy of being cordial with Boogaloo people, beat them in the fucking dick. Don't let that happen. Don't let that narrative go out there. And remind them how ridiculous of an assumption that is to even waste time and energy on such an idea. It makes no goddamn sense. It's just like with the whole 2A thing again. You know, when there was that big controversy because stupid fucking Vice wrote that article where they made it seem as if leftists were trying to pair with these people, these people being the right-wing conservative wieners, that were present and organizing that event. And all these people got up in arms. Like, oh, well, Antifa is organizing with racist Second Amendment people now. No, no one was doing that. And if you thought for two seconds and said that out loud to yourself in silence, you would realize, wow, that's probably pretty fucking dumb of me to think about. But you don't do that. Because critical thinking is not common. Especially on our team. Jesus Christ. You know, a bunch of sensationalized bullshit that we all tend to just read headlines or read one article and deduce our opinion and our argument from that one piece. Go read more. Jesus Christ. Synthesize information from multiple sources and you'll find that that's ridiculous. Just like you people that think that pairing with boog people are showing how fucking stupid you are. I don't want to be alongside some single-digit IQ motherfucker when shit pops off and shit hits the fan. I don't want to be with someone that thinks, oh yeah, it's a good idea, we should pair up with these weird Kekistan fucking 4chan dorks. There are allies. And then when the revolution happens, we'll, we'll sell our ideals on them. You're not going to sell your ideals on them. They're a bunch of dumb, wealthy, adventuristic white dudes that get their information from fucking Alex Jones and 
one another in their terrible, hell-ridden echo chamber. Just like some of y'all. Annoying. So I implore you to go online. The Boogaloo people are pretty open about their organizing and their tactics and so on and so forth. You can go on Reddit. I'm pretty sure they have a Reddit. During the 2A stuff, they had a Reddit. They're not your friend. The police are not your friend. The Boog people are definitely not your friend. We can expect that these rebellions are going to continue to happen, especially with the recent execution of George Floyd and the unfortunate probable future of more lynchings on behalf of the police. That being said, rebellions happen, and if you allegedly are going to participate in these rebellions, you need to be smart, because too many people are really dumb when it comes to their lack of reflection and inability to recognize the horrors of metadata and how that can be used to not just get doxxed by right-wing people online, because that's, that's a reality, trust me, getting doxxed really sucks. It's not fun. It'll end, but it's not fun. But also, you know, this information that is being collected will be used against you when the state builds its case against folks that are a part of these rebellions. We see it all throughout the history of leftist organizing, and I find it's very important for all of us to personally take the time to research how the state has destroyed movements from the outside and the inside, but I would like to just give a couple points to people knowing that these spontaneous actions will more than likely happen in the near-distant future. So one, let's talk about, obviously, the breadcrumbs that we all leave. You can practice the best security culture on Earth, but until you're really just like Ted Kaczynski in a cabin in the middle of the woods off the grid, your information is being circulated somewhere online. I talk a lot about data and networks. Get used to that. So one... Don't bring your phone. Your phone is just a file cabinet with a GPS tracker. It's not a good idea. I understand there is a need for communication, obviously. Go out and get you some walkie-talkies. Or if you're going to use a phone, make sure you're using encrypted messaging, such as Signal or Wicker. But... I personally have a bias for Signal, despite the recent data breach. Just make sure your shit's updated. If you are going to take pictures and videos, I'm looking at you, journalists. Blur the faces. Always. Delete the EXIF data off of the photo. You can go find applications online that will wipe the EXIF data off of your media, and when you publish it online, blur the fucking faces. Because once again, 
all of that information will be used to dox you and to build a case against you. Two bad, bad things that really fucking suck to endure. And if you are not a journalist and you are just a person reblogging and retweeting and all that other stuff, I just dated myself by saying reblogging, make sure that you never repost something with faces that are clearly visible. Even faces that look kind of blurry and pixelated, because those even will be used against you, especially in a court of law, because they can synthesize their reporting as, long, as well as the clothes that you are wearing and the actions that you're taking and the people that you're with. While, yes, feds are really, really fucking dumb, sometimes they have moments where they use their two brain cells to take down activists and organizers. So please, blur the faces. And if you're going to repost shit, don't repost unblurred stuff or blur it out yourself and then give that journalist some credit so people can go to them to get more information. No Facebook. They call it Fedbook for a reason. If you still use Facebook, you clearly live under a rock. Or you don't really watch international news, which I know is common, but Facebook, we store a lot of data on Facebook, and they love to sell that data. So please, no Facebook. I've mentioned this before, but if you're going to be messaging people, don't use your standard text messaging software applications like iMessage and stuff like that. It's not safe. Use Signal. Cover your tracks. End-to-end -end encryption is the way to go. It's very accessible. There's no reason as to why people shouldn't be using Signal. Also, with searching, Google ain't your friend. That's just more sold data. So please get DuckDuckGo if you're going to be searching some stuff, especially when you're online at in action. Think before you text. You don't want to be talking about some shit. Just it, the, the way I see it is when I'm shooting a text, I try to imagine that I am texting the entire world. It's just good practice to expect that what I am putting onto a phone is really just being put into a loudspeaker. Because even, you know, the best encryption software, everything has a backdoor. Take the thumbprint function and the facial recognition software off your goddamn phone. Because, once again, some pig is gonna have you detained or arrested or whatever. They're gonna say, hey, open up your phone. You say no. The first thing that they're going to do while they have you cuffed is put your thumb up against the home button where the little fingerprint scanner is. Or they're going to put your face up to the camera where there's facial recognition software and bam, you just open the file cabinet. Take that off of your phone. Go onto the phone settings. Go look it up on DuckDuckGo how to disable that information or that function on your phone. Trust me, you want to. Same thing goes, you know, when discussing text messages and that being hypothetically broadcast to the world, emails are the same thing. It is just another messaging platform that can be penetrated. If you are going to email 
I highly recommend that you don't talk about anything that is deemed illegal, or is you allegedly, or your friends allegedly committing criminal behavior. Get a Proton Mail. Once again, good end-to-end -end encryption, definitely accessible, and worth you taking the five minutes to set that up. Lastly, as far as tech stuff goes, don't post pictures of yourself online. Because once again, all of that information is going to be corroborated. Even if you are not, you know, posting pictures of these rebellions and faces of folks that are participating in these rebellions, someone else is. Not everybody, obviously, has a really good security culture and is mindful of privacy in terms of state incarceration and so on and so forth. So... The last thing that you need is for there to be a picture of you allegedly doing something, and then they go on to your Instagram or your Facebook, and they see a bunch of selfies that are able to corroborate and build a case against you. Or for the right-wing people to dox you. So please, I know selfies are fun, and that's just how we see ourselves now, and that is the form of self is literally the selfie but cut it out. Or, if you're going to do it, know that you're just adding more fuel to the fire. Anyways, that's, that's tech stuff. So, good things for you to do. Really simple. One, we're facing a pandemic, so you should be doing this anyways. Wear a mask. Cover your hair, too. Really important. Wear gloves. You should do this anyways because people are gross. But also, you have these things called fingers, and those fingers have fingerprints on them. And the minute that you touch something that is a piece of evidence used in a case and an investigation, those fingerprints go right back to you. So wear some gloves. Also, trust me, if you're trying to throw back a canister of tear gas, you're going to want to wear some nice thick gloves because that shit burns. Not only does it burn the fuck out of your eyeballs and your sinuses, but boy oh boy does it burn your hands if you try and put your hands on it and throw it back. Get those good gloves. Uh, I think the brand is called Mechanics. They've got the, the knuckle pad on them, which you can do, you know, whatever you would like with. But they're nice thick gloves that are definitely worth investing in, especially going out to actions like this. Then... As far as interpersonal communication, stop bragging. There is no need to brag about what you or your friends were doing, allegedly, at an action. Don't brag about it. Because that just shows that you're not doing these things for the right reasons. Your intentions are in the wrong place. Think about it. So if you allegedly do some criminal shit, the last thing that you want to do is, one, trust someone, and two, especially, trust someone that you tell them that you allegedly did some criminal shit. That just makes no goddamn sense. Even with your closest buddies, people that you are ride or die with, that you participated in other actions with, don't tell them. And don't brag about shit that you may or may not have done. It's just not good practice. 
That being said, never speculate as to who did what. That is just going to contribute to a climate of paranoia that no one needs, which I'll talk about in the future, but still. Never, ever, ever speculate about who threw the rock, who busted the window, who slashed the tires, who fucking punched that dude. Don't do it. It's just not a good practice, and it's going to backfire, because once again, you have to think every single thing that you say and do and write and post all can be used to build an investigation against you. Be very mindful of this. You know, not to say that you sh I'm encouraging you to police your behavior and police your tone and be proud of the things that you do in the fight against white supremacy and state-sanctioned violence. But we have to be critical about these things. We have to really dive in to how our actions could possibly backfire and be used against us in the future when the state begins to crack down as they have in the past and destroy these movements before they get any bigger than they know they're going to get. That being said, I'll close out, you know, this conversation about building a good culture of security. Never be paranoid. Be careful. I think I saw a couple posters being circulated around yesterday and this morning and, of course, you know, in previous actions discussing how counterproductive paranoia can be. You need to take a deep breath during and after these circumstances that you may or may not be a part of and recognize it's going to be okay. If you're doing everything that you need to do, you're going to be fine. But the big thing, if you're doing some criminal shit, accept the fact that you might get caught and you probably will get caught because the state has far more resources than we all do combined. So you need to accept this reality that you will be arrested one day. You will be detained if you are participating in these events, whether you are throwing stones or you are not throwing stones, you will be found in a kettle and you will be arrested. And you will be facing the same charges that everyone else could be facing. Look at what happened in J20 and you'll understand what I'm saying. In all these other cases where there were mass spontaneous rebellions and you had swaths of people being arrested where we all knew that little old Gertrude that was doing sit-ins during Vietnam she wasn't fucking throwing back tear gas canisters at pigs. But for some reason, you're sitting in a cell next to her. You know she wasn't doing anything. But she, little old hypothetical Gertrude, recognizes the unfortunate reality that if you participate in these actions, you are more than likely going to have to face repercussions. For every action, there's a consequence. The state really, really doesn't like people blowing the whistle on their barbarism. So please recognize that. And please recognize also the history of, once again, you know, these programs like COINTELPRO that were administered by feds to sow discontent and paranoia within these movements so that they would just break down themselves. You know, the best way to break down an organization is to not do it yourself, but have them do it for you. It's kind of like approaching the clan. 
We can obviously go find their addresses, allegedly, and allegedly burn down their homes. Absolutely, once again, going back to data, it's readily accessible, and the more than likely least savvy people, as far as data security goes, are fucking clans people. So you can either do that, or you can have a really fun time sowing discontent amongst their circles. Push them to kill each other and themselves. Let them do the work for you. It's just effective, sustainable practices that get the goods. And recognize that this is what states were doing during these massive uprisings of leftist autonomous organizations during the 60s and 70s. And that is what destroyed organizations like the Black Panthers, like the Weathermen, like the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. You know, feds were sending letters to fucking our hero and legend, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., telling him to kill himself. This is common. They have no fucking soul and no backbone. And they can't be reasoned with. So that being said, recognizing those very active tactics that the state uses to sow discontent amongst leftist circles, stop being paranoid. You need to have some level of trust amongst your affinity groups, that they're not going to snitch, and knowing that you are not going to snitch. Golden standard. It's just bad energy that you are putting into the world. The time spent being paranoid is wasted, and it's time that could be spent placing your energy in finding ways to build parallel institutions that counter and challenge the state, and ways in which you can go and build better relationships with people in your community. All the time that you could be spending helping build this movement and mobilizing other people, you're spending being paranoid and looking over your shoulder and worrying that the person that you faced a life or death situation with is possibly working against you. And of course it happens. Of course people, feds infiltrate and they turn people. But unless you have clear-cut information and evidence that is proving that someone is a fed and is infiltrating your organization or your affinity group, shut the fuck up. And never actually accuse someone of doing that unless you have the receipts. Because that ain't a good look. Because once again, that's going to contribute to this climate of paranoia that we need to work to f actively fight against. And this takes me to my last point, which is a clear, obvious point, but people get scared under certain circumstances that they find themselves in, especially when you have some fucking militarized pig looking at you in the eye and saying things that make you feel a little crazy because they're getting in your head. Never, ever, ever snitch. Ever. Never snitch. This is like the epitome of everything. If you're not going to follow any of these rules, I don't want to say rules, but suggestions, and you're going to go and fucking bring your phone and post your shit on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. The best thing that you can do as far as participating in the movement against the state and against white supremacist capitalism and the actors that want to shut you down is you never fucking snitch. If you got to go to jail... And you gotta take the fall for someone because of some shit that happened. And if someone comes knocking on your door and they start asking questions, you plead the fifth and you ask for a lawyer. You never snitch. Ever. Ever, 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 ever.
if there is one surefire way for you to end up in hell, where you're getting fucked by Satan having to listen to Lana Del Rey on repeat for the rest of eternity, you're going to be a fucking snitch. Do you want to do that? Absolutely not. So don't snitch. I really hope that I made myself clear for when you go and participate in these mass actions and rebellions that you can think smarter, not harder. So I just want to close out this episode with sending all of my positive energy and love to those that are fighting for justice for George Floyd, also known as Big Floyd. From all the accounts, he sounded like an absolutely wonderful person and a fucking blessing to have on this earth. And just another case of pigs being the judge, jury, and executioner. And more state-sanctioned extrajudicial killings by cops. We cannot let another person fall out of our conversations. This is another case of murder by the police. And we always have to remember to say his name. His name was George Floyd. Never forget that. When we start saying shit, oh, a black man in whatever state was killed by the police. No, it's further dehumanizing. His name was George Floyd. I already said the officer's name enough. I don't need to give him any more attention than he already has, that he's going to get. And he's going to be glorified amongst these fucking cucked bootlickers that love the police and think that the police can do no wrong or that the police can be reformed. Whatever that means. So, the other thing I want to mention to people closing this out is you can listen to anyone and recognize black people know that they are disproportionately targeted by the state and the state's agents. They know that they're being tortured and murdered by the police. You don't need to share media depicting those extrajudicial killings. You don't need to. Publicly, at least. What you can do is you can send it to your white friends. I know we all have our little fun signal group chats, and we have a group of people that we text on a regular basis and we check in on. Send those videos to your white friends, because we're the ones that need to see it. We are the ones that need to have this unfortunate reality shown to us. What is being done in our communities. It's traumatizing watching this shit. So I can only imagine what it would be like to be a black person that has to watch another person be murdered. And have to worry about that being them or their brother or their sister, or their mother, or their father, or their grandfather, or their great-grandmother, or their cousins, their nieces and nephews. Let's not continue to contribute to this, because it just desensitizes the violence that is committed by the police against the black and African-American community. It makes it just another day for us where, oh, it's just another person being executed by the police. No, every single one of these fucking moments should be treated how it is, and it's a fucking tragedy. 
So that being said, stop sharing the video publicly. Send it to your friends, your white friends. We need to see it the most. And that being said, my heart goes out to George Floyd and his family and his friends and all of those that came into contact with him at his job and in his life. Another sweet person has had their life taken from them, and we all need to take a moment to think about this and to remember him. We may not know him. I don't know him. I don't know him personally. But it doesn't fucking matter. He is a fellow human being on this planet that didn't deserve to be murdered, especially in the way in which he was murdered. I hope everyone is staying safe. You are checking on your friends. You are doing your little self-care regimen. Go take a bath. Go jerk off. Go play some fucking games. Read a good book. Listen to podcasts that are better than this one. Go hit up your mom if you're cool with your mom. Tell her you love her. And stay fucking angry. Because this shit ain't over. And it won't be over until every cop is disarmed and the police state is dismantled.